Hello, and welcome to the Healing Dreams Project, exploring projective dream work for your health and wholeness with hosts Billy Ortiz and Dr. Roy Spitz. I am the producer, Viviana Guzman, and today we have a very special guest. With us, we have Marisa Gaudi. She is an author, writing coach, and a myth worker and story healer. In 2020, she released her first book, The Sovereignty Knot, A Woman's Way to Freedom, Power, Love, and Magic. She is the host of the Not Work Storytelling Podcast. Find her at marisagaudi.com and look for her podcast on your preferred podcast platform. Ah, welcome, Marisa. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, so I thought we could, uh, I just want to dive into who, who and what you do as a author, writing coach, myth worker and story healer. Can you tell us a little more about all that? Yes. So um, really at the core of my work is Ireland, Celtic spirituality, um, and really just a connection to that land and those stories. Um, yet I'm an American who's been, my family's been here for generations. And so there's really kind of the, the riddle for me is what it means to live really consciously. I'm in, I'm in New York in the Hudson Valley on Lenape lands. Um, what it means to live here consciously and love this land, just as I did Cape Cod, Massachusetts, where I'm from originally. And also know that my stories come from 3000 miles away and from, you know, ancestral lines and so that's a huge part of my kind of living question and that's really where I come to as as myth worker that's why where the the, the podcast was born from um, was really that process of telling stories and then uh, talking about why they still matter because I'm really a strong believer in the sense that our mythologies whether you know most often from our thousands of years ago but also the folklore and the personal mythologies you sometimes create from them are so are so relevant and so important to the work that we do. Mm -hmm. And how about the, the the book Sovereignty Not? Yes. Um, so that came out in February of 2020, which was uh, the least auspicious time in the entire world to release a book. So we all know that Royce, when Royce's book comes out, it's going to be a brilliant timing uh, because February of 2022 means that I still have a lot of books in my basement. Um, but, you know, I that book in many ways is a mix of my own memoir of such as it could be, I'm, I, right as I was turning 40 years old, uh, it was the book I know I needed to have read, uh, read when I was in my early 20s, um, really seeking out my own understanding of, of life, of the archetypes in it. I present the idea of the princess queen and the wise woman and how we are all three at all stages in our lives free the princess, crown the queen, and embrace the wise woman um, is really at the core of so much of my work. And, um, and it really also gave me an opportunity to weave in some specific bits of Celtic mythology. The sovereignty goddess of Ireland has been an inspiration for me 
for 20 something years. Um, it's a difficult turn these days after, after everything with COVID, sovereignty became kind of a sticky wicket. Um, so I've had an interesting relationship with the book myself as I kind of start to say, no, but it's coming from the sovereignty goddess was the embodiment of the land. She would choose the rightful king in order to provide for the people of the community and for the more than human world. And so um, a lot of my work is just sort of continuing to stay in conversation with that, even when it's a hard word to be using out there because people have used all different aspects of what, what they project onto sovereignty. Um, and yet what might be, what are its more original meanings and origins. Mm -hmm. That's, I loved what you said, princess, queen, and what was the third one? The princess, queen, and wise woman. Wise woman. Okay, yeah. I love that. And, yeah. and, and then the podcast, Not Work Storytelling, not K-N-O-T-W-O-R-K. Yes. Tell yeah. us about that. Um, so the podcast sort of came into being be two years ago on the autumn equinox. And I am a strong believer in communicating with the guides, or I am because they communicate with me. I was at my equinox fire in my backyard. And um, there's a character actually who is a sovereignty goddess who appears in my book, who um, I tell a bit of her story. And I actually have a line in the book that says, remember her. She has a strange and difficult name, but she deserves to be remembered. And her name is Mungin, which sounds kind of not pleasant to the non-Irish speaking ear. But she came through and she pretty much told me, so you're going to tell my story, right? And you're going to speak mm -hmm. on behalf of the guides, gods, gods and ancestors. And uh, so I, I try to take direction when it's given to me incredibly obviously. Um, and so by Imbolc, which is February 1st, Bridget's Day of, of the following year of 2022, um, the podcast was born. And I knew it was really important to be mixing in retellings of old myths with these kind of reflections on on why they're so resonant and it's funny i'm a writing coach for the most part people come to me because they think they have to write a book and i've started to finally prepare folks i said listen if you don't end up writing a book after our six months together i need to tell you that might be the greatest accomplishment of your life because there's a really good chance that your creative impulse doesn't want to be shoved between a couple of covers with two or 300 pages. It's possible. And we live in 2023 and a lot of the world has changed. And so I thought I was gonna sit down to write a book and I ended up creating a podcast of I'm at 45 episodes in with 45 stories collected, half of which are my own that I've told and half of which come from guest storytellers. Um, and to me that at this point I'm creating this body of work that I love my book and I'm so proud of it, but wow. The podcast has even more that it's holding in terms of my own creative vision and what I want to offer. So they're mm -hmm. sort of evolving together at this point. Wow. That just sounds so intriguing and, and beautiful, mystical, magical all at once. <laughs> We're a well-matched crew in this world, I think, for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't help but notice, you know, your beautiful long red hair, and then Billy's beautiful long blonde hair, and 
Royce's beautiful <laughs> long white hair and then my long black hair. We're quite uh, the goddess clan here. <laughs> Gods and goddesses. Yeah. I'll share something. The first time I ever met Royce was at a retreat and he was the only man amongst a, a group of women, which I think Royce has probably been in that situation a couple of times before. And we had stick on tattoos. And I remember with great pride when mm. Royce put a glowing goddess tattoo on his foot. And it was just the oh. most wonderful thing. <laughs> I uh, I remember that now. And I had forgotten that. Yeah. 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 What, a, what a fun memory. Thank you for holding that all these years. Uh -huh. um, the As we move into the podcast and work with Maurice's dream um, I will allude to more about how it is that Marisa and I uh, came to be um, uh, a kind of brother and sister soul uh, explorers as I was writing my book and uh, that time in New York uh, in in the Catskills um, invited me to um, venture into this very <laughs> kind of scary world of writing a soulful book. And um, so I, I'll say more later in the podcast, always will be appreciative of that uh, moment, spiritual moment of, of our conversing and the many moments that followed. Well, it was such a pleasure to work with you along that for all for the years that we did. And in so many ways, it was, yes, it was writing coaching because at the end you've come up with a beautiful product, but it's also the work that I love doing, which is story healing, which is that sense of knowing that it's about the process as much as anything else. It's about the ways in which it works on us. We work on it. It's always, um, you know, being in relationship with that which wants to show up on the page, that which we we can't say in the book itself, but that still needs to be explored and healed and spoken of, um, and and brought to light and danced with in the shadows and all everything in between. Yeah, I that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I I was just gonna comment. I you hold writing group workshops too. Can you tell us a little about that? Yes, I've been running um, online writing communities since 2018. So before COVID made Zoom calls cool, I have been doing it because I'm a I'm a mother of two and have been uh, working out of my of my office at home um, since I decided to stay home with my kids uh, when my first daughter was an infant, and so. I've been running these on, on Wednesday afternoons for years. I'm making a shift actually in this fall into doing Saturday, or I'm sorry, Sunday retreats for doing like a three hour sort of deep dive, um, just playing and interested with people's, uh, people's schedules and how they want to create. But it's actually perfectly connected in the sense that what I'm calling this particular, and I call my, my groups the Writer's Knot. And this Autumn Writer's Knot is all about writing with the guides, gods, and ancestors, because I'm still in conversation with Mungin, with this particular goddess guide who came in and whispered her story to me. So I'll be um, asking her to collaborate with all of us in the series of um, Sunday retreats that I'll be leading throughout the fall. 
Thanks for asking about those. Wonderful. Yeah. Sounds exciting. So catch all that at marissagaudi.com. <laughs> so are you ready to dive into your dream? I, I would love to. While she's getting ready to dive, uh, I need to say that Marisa has been a valuable soul journeyer with me the last mm -hmm. several, uh, five or six years as uh, she has been integral in the creation of my book. And I could write a book about all of that process. <laughs> and uh, I'm so happy that she's with us uh, just on a mm -hmm. personal note and uh, she's always been so uh, expansive and uh, willing to walk in places that are that I would just wouldn't expect a book coach or a, uh, an editor to walk uh, and that has been such a gift for me in my journey so having her here to share her dreams instead of me writing in my book about <laughs> dreams this is a beautiful turn of the tables. Mm. So I, I'm especially happy to have you here, Marisa. Oh, Royce, you know, I keep your book at arm's length, you know, part because it's that whole bragging sense of like, I've been working with this amazing man for six years and his book is here. So I'm so excited to, to have the version that doesn't just say not for resale. Um, and have the new, the, the real, the real version in my hand. But thank you mm. so much for yeah. introducing me to your community. It's wonderful to, to, mm -hmm. to be able to be here with you. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. All right. Wow, my face already hurts from smiling. It's obviously going to be, it's obviously off to a wonderful start. But shall I tell you my dream? Yeah, go, please go right ahead. Mm -hmm. All right. So, I've called this one a submarine voyage interrupted and it's from January of this year. I'm taking a submarine to Ireland with my mother who passed away in 2010 at age 60. We arrive at the airport, which I guess we'd better call the seaport. And I instantly realize I have my bag, but not my backpack. And I must not have my purse either. I don't have my passport, my wallet or my laptop or my phone. Uh, we're running late and head in anyway, stressing but unwilling to quit. We make it through the security corridor and into a submarine full of patched canvas seats. Some are long benches and some are in pairs. There's a crew and it's almost like flying. Apparently, my coming was a last minute decision. Another woman, an older redhead of at least 60, was supposed to be my mom's traveling companion. And she's pushed to sit off in another row. I want to feel bad for usurping her, but I'm so excited to be going to Ireland. I could feel my huge dopey grin starting in the airport parking lot, growing despite the worry that I'd never be permitted aboard. Seated, we set out. I have the first jab of fear when the submarine dies beneath the green water. There are small windows. We don't stay under for long and speed just beneath the surface, perhaps along a river or a water highway. Suddenly, Mammy, my mom, is gone, perhaps still aboard and waiting for me somewhere else. I'm back on the quest to find my damn passport. Mm -hmm. I find a friend who in waking life is actually someone who ran my kids preschool. And she's 60 when this dream happened, which feels important. And she's with a friend, but in this case, she's acting unhelpful. I still need help though. I can't remember my dad's 
phone number. So I call my younger sister, Lauren. She seems friendly and clueless about where I'm going and whom I'm with. I get off the phone with her quickly. And then I get a hold of my dad as essentially my friend Michelle, who I mentioned before, essentially walks away. Dad is at a football game. Uh, he's at, actually, my dad is at a football game day party and is all fired up. He's talking with the players and formal, former players. I have no sense that he can help me as he is near Boston and the seaport my, and my missing passport are all at home on Cape Cod, which is where I did grow up. Time is running out and maybe it does run out because the next thing I know, I'm working at some corporate office and I have some sort of problem. It's not related to travel or to passports, or at least it doesn't seem to be so. I start to see all the digital profiles of young female coworkers and they emphasize the importance of teamwork and supporting one another. Many of them live in Bourne, and, which is a town that's split by the Cape Cod Canal. They're from the in-between place between home on Cape Cod and this airport seaport that's in Boston. And I don't know these women. I think I have been avoiding them, unwilling to assimilate into this sort of a corporate environment. They're encouraging and willing to help me join some sort of program in the Boston area to further my career or something. In this dream, I am my 23-year-old self and I'm dating my boyfriend from that time and trying to figure out how to take the opportunity even though I have this boyfriend. I, I wrote that I presume that the, the problem was about the location. Mm -hmm. I realized I couldn't take the, take the job because of him. And then I wrote this down, which seemed important because the fact that I said it was unrelated a dream image that seems unrelated, dreaming of Bridget, the goddess and saint of Ireland, or at least the intellectual correspondences associated with her. And just a waking life note is that I was in time of this dream, I was deep in the process of creating events around Bridget's day. So she was sort of part of everything. Um, and a dream in which I tried to take a submarine to Ireland. And that's it. Shanae, as they say. Right. I cannot tell you how many dreams I've worked where people have lost their identification and their belongings uh, in the process of traveling. So when I say it's a dream, I say I have my bag. I'm that's my suitcase with my clothing, or what? What's the bag? That I yeah, I think I have the I have the big checked bag, but I don't have the bag that has the essential documents and things in it that you would keep on your person all the time. Right. And I say something like, I don't even have my purse or my phone. So everything. Mm -hmm. So in my version of these types of dreams, there's a invitation from the dream world for me to create a new identity, something mm -hmm. very uh, important about getting rid of all the things that identify me as who I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's stressful. It's always stressful in the dream. But there but there's some um, hint at am I ready to create a whole new a whole new self? Uh, just to piggyback onto what Billy is saying, um, the, the, uh, this is a this is a long dream. So I'm trying to pick up some elements. Uh, it, something about the phone. I didn't have a, I don't have a phone and yet I need to reach my father. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that 
for me and my projective process relates to uh, not having my bag and uh, again identity and also uh, and perhaps we'll get into this more but for me it's also a kind of uh, uh, ch a challenge from my dream self to not depend on uh, what my waking life would want me to do, which is to use my phone and dial my father. And uh, the, the dream won't have that, which speaks to me about how I'm in being invited to, in a sense, go more on my own, that I have the phone within me, in a sense, uh, the, that resource. Right. There's also um, sort of a, a dream joke with anything that starts with sub, like subway, submarine. Uh, it's about the subconscious. It's something that the dream is helping me to re look into, explore my own personal subconscious. I like, I often use the Jungian, more Jungian term of the unconscious because that connects us my, not only my personal unconscious, but the collective unconscious. But sub uh, is my subcon. It's the parts of me that are below the surface. Mm -hmm. um, so even if, even if somebody dreams about Subway sandwiches, <laughs> I think of that because that sub uh, is sort of a hint. So in my dream, that's an, another piece of why it had to be a summary rather than an airplane. Oh, I could. And Go ahead. I want to just continue dovetailing on what's been brought up. And if it were my dream, the there's just a lot of uh, fear. It, it would if I had no. I'm leaving tomorrow on a trip to Romania, and if I didn't have my passport, my phone, my computer, and all that, I'd be like, <laughs> it would be a source of a lot of anxiety. And I loved what um, Billy was saying that it was after, after my I couldn't find my mother that I I'm searching for my passport and things, and it's almost like it, I would I resonate with this quest to find a new identity or mm -hmm. or model. It's it's like the the past or it's gone, and it is a source of anxiety, uh, but. I have this new development that after the deep transformation that is the loss of a parent, um, it's almost like shedding skin of sorts, which can cause this anxiety, uh, but it's an invitation to sort of assume this new position. I've got the goddess Brigitte sort of uh, looking over me and... Uh, you know, I resonate with her, I embody her, her attributes, her strength, her wisdom, her mm, eternal uh, way of being. So I, and that's helpful, Viviana, as I'm listening to, as that's unlocking projections in me. Um, what I would 
also like to wonder about in the form of questions because some so, several people show up in this dream uh at least uh, allusions to them one is my father one is this uh preschool teacher another one is uh my my mammy and and uh uh, and there and and there's this other person too that is in their 60s uh so I, I dreamer's choice here is as I ask uh can you tell me would you please tell me more of some of the characteristics that I as the dreamer would think of about my mammy mm. um I was born on my mother's 29th birthday. We shared a birthday as Gemini's. And so in many ways, she was my best friend. She was my twin. Um, so, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it, interesting. This is the almost, it was the night before the 102nd anniversary of her father's birth. I realized I had this dream. I went back today and I realized, oh my God, it was my grand, my grandfather's birthday was when I had this dream. Oh. Um, but she and I, she, she and I did go to Ireland together well, she came over to visit me twice. So we had done that trip together before. It would have been she and I setting out on a journey together without my dad and my sister it was certainly something that happened fairly often. We'd go on a birthday trip together, just the two of us. And mm. so, and anytime she shows up in my dreams, it's like palms back. Like they're, they're precious jewels to have another dream of her. So every one of them is a gift. Um, and, uh, especially the way she sort of just disappeared in the midst of it that tends to happen when she she's there and then she's gone tends to be how she appears in dreams for me oh so this is somewhat of a pattern when my mother shows up she also disappears it, yeah. her storyline is never satisfied i would say you know she's there and then she's not there and that's sort of like how she just drops in yeah huh yeah so what are some aspects of her personality then? Mm -hmm. um, she was a great mom. She was a great caretaker. She was a, she was a health professional herself. Um, she was somebody who had dreams that she never got quite got to realize. She was really busy keeping the home and everything down, but she was also the one on the dance floor at the part at like at a, at a wedding for my sister's friends, she was the one out there in her fifties dancing with the groomsmen in a way that actually was totally appropriate. Like, you know, sometimes when we're like, sit down, this is not okay. She just managed to be both the life of the party and everybody's mom at the same time. Mm -hmm. And such that like you wanted to take her to the pub in, in Galway and in Dublin because, and sit with all of your friends and she would have everybody laughing all night long, but also would remember mm -hmm. that she was the mom, which I've always wanted to emulate that ability to be in both worlds in her Gemini self, I think, particularly too. Hmm. Um, yeah. So she was quite young when she passed, um, mm -hmm. 60. That's, mm -hmm. I, and I noticed the 60 shows up often in the dream. There's, I mentioned yeah. my mother's passing at 60 and then the, the, the traveling companion is 60, the friend is 60. Um, mm -hmm. Does that number mean anything to me as the dreamer? Is like anything in particular? I certainly want to live past sixty. Oh, uh, you know, it's it's you know it becomes a preoccupation of when when your mother passed. How many years do I get beyond that? And so, yeah, it certainly felt really meaningful, um, especially when my friend, who's I've known very much as a peer, though she 
is in fact 16 years older than me, 15, yeah. It's about that that's her age in the dream. I realized like, oh, that just feels really resonant um, that that number kept appearing. So does it feel like some sort of milestone age um, because of my fear of, I, I mean, I don't want to, it's dreamer's choice again, but yeah. um, for your mom to pass that young, was it um, illness or was it an accident or? Heart attack. Oh, wow. Sudden out of the blue heart attack and an immensely healthy person. So oh. it's one of those like, yeah, it gives you a whole different perspective. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, thank you. But, um, yeah, so in my dream, there's something about, I would, I would look at where that number shows up in my life. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's because the fact when a, when a dream goes to the trouble of repeating a number multiple times within a dream, there's some sort of like code that I'm, I'm pay, pay attention, watch out for this it's going to show up in my life in other ways. Um, not only as an age, but as, you know, I don't know, the, at the end of a, a sum of money or something, you know, mm -hmm. could, there'd be many different ways that it could show up. Um, and maybe it's going to be like a synchronistic um, highlight, you know, like I see the number 60 and boom, I know something's about to happen, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, if it were me, that would be one of the pieces that I would pay attention to. Um, I love how you describe it. your mother sounds just delightful. I mean, she must have been just so full of life and so wonderful. Um, so the, the fact that she shows up in my dream, this is, we actually did a podcast episode about this. When we get uh, our loved ones that show up in our dreams and we go, wow, thank goodness they're here and the visitation piece of it. However, I would never stop just there and say, oh, yeah, mom showed up just to say hi. It's more about my what I project onto my mother. How do how am I learning to own those abilities and, and beautiful qualities myself? I project mm -hmm. out onto my mother all this wonderful stuff about, yeah, she was the life of the party and she was like a great dancer and she but she was still the mom. Yeah. So there <laughs> so there's this kind of thing about. I can be, I too can, as Marisa, I can, I can own those qualities in myself. And that's why another reason why she shows up in my dream, if it were me. Is, is my mother Irish? Uh, Irish and French Canadian. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. Her mother was French Canadian. The other, her father's side was Irish. Okay. And so as the dreamer uh the um the, the this part uh, that is irish uh did she have the passion about irishness as you do um i brought it back to the family it wasn't something i was necessarily raised with when i was 13 i, ca I came as an epiphany and then she came right along with me like it was a waking up for her as well yeah, yeah and it thanks for sharing that because uh just on an emotional level i get goosebumps as i heard that story uh and know knowing you and knowing you know the depth of your and, and your passion for much of 
whatever the soul of Ireland is, how you carry that and how you uh, express that. Um, and, and, and and I got to interrupt, Royce. This is a lot of projections and a lot of yous. So I, I'm yeah. myself as Marisa. Just try it because I'm because yeah. I just yeah and, and yeah th and and thanks for reminding my uh, my heart about that because <laughs> uh, you know I'm I'm in this beautiful awkward space of working with someone who's helped me so much in my writing and also uh you know uh projecting uh in in into this world that uh the dreamer has provided so thanks for that so it you know it's it's my awkward age <laughs> well it's it's a it's our bright shadow projections you know the more yeah, you admire it, and it, respect it, someone the more yes, the will come out so yeah 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 thank you and to all of our millions of listeners let's remember <laughs> this because this is so true our bright shadow uh shows so uh what inspires me as i see my mother in this dream and i'm aware i see my mother every once in a while in these dreams i'm on a submarine and i'm not going as as far as at least in the early part of the dream i'm not going deep i'm i'm going a little bit underwater and I can see things and we're zooming almost like an aircraft. Um, and then my mother disappears. So he, uh, the word launch uh, is big for me because of my book launches coming up. Also, though, in this dream, this feels like this uh, part of me that is my mother is launching me and 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 is moving it and i'm moving past where she is and where she was and this is a a wonderful gift of her to me to continue sailing uh, underwater uh, towards my goals about how I want to live my life and how I am creating a life of beauty and meaning and passion. And, and so the, this piece of, of her appearing and kind of moving me along. And that's also when, I, in my projection of the dream, the awarenesses of, I don't have my passport, I don't have my backpack that has all these important, I can't, I I, I need my dad and he doesn't show up, I can't call him. <laughs> my dad. And, and, and so this is a, a powerful uh, inter, uh, invitation of differentiation that I'm going and I'm going. And as I go, I leave behind aspects that have been uh anchors for me to use another metaphor about ships and perhaps submarines and i'm leaving this behind and i get nervous and scared and then there's these other folks that show up that in a way represent um uh, people I've met since I've been a child, and these are people in my adulthood that also are 
in a sense, launching me, that remind me of this aspect of myself that can do this without the, the, um, the old tools that I had been given before. So I'm going to stop there for a moment and see where the dreamer is. Did Viviana want to go though? Do you want no, to say please? Uh, oh yeah, you have something to say, Marisa, first. Um, no, ju really, just that sense of yeah, right on. I think there's a really that the the moment of we got. I was afraid about my passport. I get we get on together and everything's going to be fine. She's gone and I start to worry about my identity again. And I think that was that that's that turning point where I look to other friends. Mm -hmm. I call dad, but it's that I, I think that that feels like in a, that one of those points in the dream where it's like, oh, I lost this. Now I need, I cling again because she wasn't there. And then it feels like an invitation again to to find, to keep finding the way, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I can jump in here. So I love the sequences of, of the dream. I start off in a submarine voyage to Ireland, it just sounds so magical and mystical, <laughs> and it, it it would it elicits in me might symbolize a desire for exploration, adventure uh, that I might need to incorporate in my daily life. It could, um, or some sort of journey of self discovery or longing for a new experience. So I would just I would wonder if that's something that that resembles my my waking life as an opportunity to to grab um i i also i i'm drawn to the fact that i'm going to ireland contrasted with a sense of guilt for displacing the older woman who, who was initially supposed to accompany me my mother i i, I this um it's almost like I, I'm worried about taking opportunity, others' opportunities. So even if it's a, a chance for personal growth and happiness for me, I'm worried about the uh, taking it from somebody else. So that's just an interesting piece that unveils itself. And then the the corporate setting transitioning there, um, it, it, it's um, it's almost like considering different paths maybe or opportunities in my career I wonder mm. um because it's it's a little more structured it's not as this fantastical adventure but this is or maybe it's trying to find a balance between the fantastical ad adventure and then having to be real about things and I love that it ends or the the image of Brigitte is called um because I'm able to bring in or assume the creativity, the healing, the inspiration that um, the spiritual goddess, um, yeah. I can embody more of her elements. And that is the tool for which I can then uh, revamp my, my sense of or need for adventure and piece it together with, um, with the sense of uh, duty or whatever the business world I feel mm -hmm. that needs to come together. Wow. Cool. How does that sound? <laughs> Resonate. It resonates. I think it's interesting that I become 23 at that part of my dream and I'm very aware of my age at that moment. So um, I really appreciate your sort of framing it in a 
future tense opposed to that felt very retrograde for me to kind of, oh, bad, the old, the bad old days of having to work for somebody else. I couldn't go to Ireland, so I had to go do that. So I appreciate that reflection around it being about, about finding a different way to have structure and to balance the adventure. Um, and I think the redheaded, it was no accident the woman had red hair and was 60. Like that, that lady is not just some stranger. Um, so I, she really intrigues me because of course, if 60 is important, is she me at 60? Um, was that, that's what I, in reviewing the dream, that's what I found most remarkable that, um, you know, random redheaded women don't show up and have no connection to, to a redheaded woman. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's like me and left-handed people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm aware as I listen to the dreamer that, uh, I've thought through this dream a lot. And so I've done a lot of work. And so uh, some of this is not new to me. And so if the dream comes uh, to offer new information, new perspectives, new expansion, uh, I'm, I, well, period, <laughs> with a question mark, I guess. Uh, so... Okay, and here in the end of the dream, as Viviana points out, I'm 23, and this is, again, where I experience patterns of dreams where time folds in on itself, that the present is the past, is the future, is the blah, 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 keeps doing this uh, flowing, and I'm in the ocean, uh, so there are these waves of time uh, that envelop me, and time uh, becomes, of course, very fluid, very mixed up. So I, my projection, and again, a goosebumpy one, is I have a feeling that this 23-year-old me in the dream uh, is being visited by the 60-year-old me wow. is being visited by whatever age I happen to be in the waking life. And that there is a kind of a, a deep uh, mystical conversation that has been going on for some time uh, about what am I going to do with my life? And I have this little flash of my boyfriend way back then. And and uh, and and in my projection, uh, it didn't work out. To uh, it didn't work out. Period. I learned a lot, mm -hmm. and and that part of me is is um, is is uh, uh, is showing up again on how I am expanding myself, and also my youngness and my oldness. Um, in my projection, our partners, uh, that we are kind of trading information about what life is like. I, again, I go back to this expansive and expressive experience of I am inventing my whole life, my, my new life. I do have limitations. There are obvious wounds and scars and and um, things I don't know about. 
and I am learning to, to invent my life in a brand new way. And perhaps when I was 23, I had the inklings of that. And, and my 23-year-old enthusiasm is, is showing up. Uh, uh, and, and again, I start the dream going to Ireland, and I end the dream exploring jobs <laughs> that that don't seem to really grab me not in the way that whatever whatever i'm into now grabs me and uh so that that feels uh, inspiring for me as well as 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 well as challenging to not accept conventionality as what is mm what it is that I'm supposed to be about. Wow, not accepting conventionality. I like that. Mm. Good. Yeah. So what about adjectives to describe dad? Cause he's who I'm trying to get a hold of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very on brand that dad, so dad's at, at game day. So this is like, imagine this is college football, Boston college football. He's like, and it's all mm. fired up. So he's out there like letting his hair down. Though his hair is a lot shorter than Royce's. Um, and, and cause he's, you know, um, he's a hardworking guy where, you know, his whole life definitely is in retirement. Now um, he's somebody who would really enjoy a good time where he could just kind of go and, and relax because he spent so much of his time kind of focused and trying to get it all really right mm -hmm. um and you know he'd be the kind of guy he'd, he'd of course want me to call him whenever i would need help and sometimes he'd be too busy or distracted because other things would get in the way uh because you know real life i guess it happens like that um and I think even that sense of like I called him, but he couldn't help sort of has a has a resonance to him in in that way too of of so something was getting in the way, um, but he's certainly you know immensely devoted to all of us and at the same time a product of his time in in some traditional ways that may not be the most emotionally literate let's just say um, in or but it all, but also but definitely you know there to show up. Um, and certainly was him and my mother had been married for 30 something years. So when losing her, it changed mm. everything about his life. So the fact that he was at a party in this moment, even though she was around, um, cause that was the, the, my sister being in the dream and her not even registering like mom's back. I'm going to Ireland with mom, <laughs> my sister, not getting that. And my dad being at a football game was just like, okay guys, but mom's here and yeah. we're getting on a submarine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have one of those fathers too, product of his time. I understand that very much. He said not emotionally um, literate, perfect description. <laughs> I do, I remember that. Um, so there's something about not being able to call dad though. And the dream puts that obstruction there. And so I think Roy started out with this at the very beginning is that, why is it that I'm not able to complete that call? And that's- I do get through to him. He just can't well, help me. Right, but I but at first okay. I don't even have I don't remember his number. It's kind of like I oh right I yeah don't remember yeah. his number and then Lauren helps mm -hmm. me call him right, mm 
right thank it's, you for yeah yeah so there's some so what i was getting at in my version of the dream since there's this obstruction there it's kind of and i think royce uh was hinting at that too i am i mean i'm challenged to find that help from within it's like a lot mm -hmm. of people dream about trying to call 911 and there's just countless dreams of of I try to call 911, my phone is out of battery, or I can't complete the call. I had one many years ago where I picked up, you know, when it used to be just like, you know, you had a, when wireless phones started, you know, and you pick up the handset and it didn't have a nine. So I wasn't able to call nine way. The phone did not even have a nine on it. So in the general, um, uh, way I, to look at that in my version is that I'm, I'm asked at that moment to, inst instead of looking outside of myself for the conventional help, my dad's always there to help. It, it's more like, where, how do I, how do I solve this for myself? So I have to find my own inner strength and instead of projecting it out. So what about, uh, adjectives for Lauren? Lauren is, um, She's the Taurus to my Gemini. She's pretty uh, hardworking, pretty linear. Um, she, my dad, my mom and I were kind of the adventure twins and my sister would wasn't necessarily part of that in the same way. She was four years younger and it was kind of, um, it just was the way that family dynamics worked. Her, she would be off out, hang out with her friends. My mom and dad and I would go to a concert together. Um, and, mm -hmm. She's somebody who we have a great relationship, but it, it, when when we're when we connect, and then sometimes we can go long periods without talking to each other. She lived in the West Coast for a long time, so um, and we were siblings. We were four years apart. We fought like banshees when we were young, and have you know found our way back together. But it was my mom that really was the unification of our relationship, and we've had a lot of trouble figuring each other out with her gone and it's been sort of a long process mm -hmm. i i i am drawn towards this because i i'm wondering if lauren for me is as a kind of uh this is probably not very poetic but is she kind of an uh, a reality check for me sometimes and part of me appreciates that and resents that mm -hmm. uh because you know i would go party sort of speak to mm -hmm. a concert with my parents and she would kind of do her thing and and as i experience her as linear and <laughs> if i know anything about the dreamer this one and the one i'm talking with linear doesn't really ever describe uh the mm -hmm. dreamer and and so I would have to have these conflicts because this is my other self, and mm -hmm. and uh, and and so I explain this dreamy dream, and it's like, whatever you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> this is just me doing this again, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 so I'm wondering if part of what is new, again, Royce's projection is that I'm needing to kind of reacquaint myself with the part of me that, again, a projection that isn't as developed 
that I need to work on in order for me to live out my passion more mm -hmm. effectively. Mm -hmm. Yes, very nice. Right. Yeah. And I, I want to keep this aspect of me in the dream pretty small because I don't really want to have to do that. <laughs> and yet I invite her into my dream. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, and because Boy, is this a projection or what? You know, this is my stuff. It's like I want to live in the dream. I want to go sailing in a submarine across <laughs> the, the seven seas, etc. That's how it works. That's how it works. No, the 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 deeper we get into the dream, the more shameless mm -hmm. the projections become. We we start <clears throat> seeing ourselves well, in the dream. That's right. I'm I'm not ashamed of them. I am embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it yeah wow i think viviana's percolating on something <laughs> no, just, what watching her here. just uh my friend billy i i've learned that anytime we dream of water um especially mm -hmm. this is the ocean this is uh represents the collective unconscious and also just the fact that I I go underwater, but it's for a very a short period of time and the windows are small. So any kind it just would it resonates for me if it were my projection. Um it's like it's it's an adventure and I'm losing my identity in the process, but it's okay because it's short and um it's just gonna be short. So it's, it has like a a final uh, not a final it's not as scary as i maybe initially thought it would be mm. oh that's good yeah there's a a great story that marion woodman one of my heroes she talks about when she traveled to india and she got very ill um dysentery and this was sick for days weeks and she got so delirious that all she could do was stare at her passport uh, on her night table and kind of remind herself of who she was. And she mm -hmm. had like a little book of poems and a Bible, like a New Testament and her her passport. And, uh, and I just never will forget that because I thought, you know, I've actually felt so sick <laughs> in my life sometimes where I've actually, you actually have to remind yourself of who you are. So that's, that's one of the things that I think of with passports, um, whenever it shows who I, it, it's a, it's such an official form of, of identification. It's recognized worldwide. So it's very, it's different than a driver's license um, or an ID card, you know, cause it's, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, it, this is who I am across the globe and I'm, I'm accepted. Um, so there's something about not having my passport and, and having this concern and worry and calling my dad for help. And then Lauren somehow has to be part of that. And, and that's what I, so in my version, as Royce was saying too, there, um, this is that part of me that occasionally has to remember that life requires linear thought. Life requires uh, hard work. Life requires mm -hmm. 
you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in order for things to make sense. <laughs> and I can live in the other world as long and I love the myths and I love the, you know, the, mm -hmm. the ethereal. I, Billy, have this issue where I, I mean, one of dreamer that I recently started working with, she, she was saying, you know, you are in the other world a lot. You know, so she mm -hmm. said, I got this real big hit that you need to walk around on the grass with barefoot and ground yourself, Billy, because I'm like, oh, okay, wow. I never thought, of I think you're right. Because there, so the, the, in my version, there's this, Lauren and my dad remind me of that need to ground myself and follow following things in a linear fashion every now and then to get things done straight lines to go with the spirals that's what i i often talk about with my to my clients as a projection in many ways um in terms yeah. of yeah how we tell stories and how we get things done yeah very good very good i have a question about uh, this young man and my father in the dream. Um, to uh, the, the male energy, whatever that is, uh, is is there and and yet not uh, in my projection, not very powerful. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know where to go with that except to just project and say that's the way I feel in the dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, I think significant that like off football was definitely where he was, which I think is just interesting. Mm. Off camera football was what was occupying the male psyche. Um, and that's great spectacle and, you know, fence. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I mean, this, this boyfriend from, from college and into early, into graduate school was is often a character in my dreams as sort of a side as a side being oh, which is where it comes fun. in yeah he, he, he shows he shows up every once in a while he does with some because mm -hmm. i was going through a lot of dreams before this and it's interesting mm -hmm. i i had forgotten about this dream completely i just happened to find it in my journal so i revisited it only today and, and it was if it was there it was in the subconscious submarine space <laughs> um but uh yeah, I think it's interesting that he appears too in a sort of off-camera way as as a worry of someone who would hold me back from doing a thing which I thought I was supposed to do but didn't want to do anyway. Um, you know, the the waking nature of that dream was that we were two really nice people who really, really wanted to love each other and we just were like, actually, no. But circumstances kind of brought us together. Um, he and I, you know... He came to Ireland with me. We last time I was in Ireland before I went most recently oh. was in when I was 23 with him. So there's there's mm -hmm. resonances of just there's there's some overlaps that are interesting um, in that in that moment too. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's that line that Jeremy Taylor used to say that I used to love. He said, "Every dream is an attempt at an autobiography." You know, there's a little bit of our mm -hmm. our our past, as Royce was saying too. There's a little bit of our past, a little bit of our current life a little bit of our possible future and it's like and and the mix of who i want to be and and the term that we that um was used before is like living my most authentic life you know that i think that's the subtitle in my in my version of dream work all dreams have that subtitle of how do i become more of my authentic self and how do i become more how do i 
uh, follow my right livelihood. There's there's that subtext to every dream. There's this idea of what does my soul really want? What is my soul crying out for? Mm-hmm. And I'm busy with other stuff, you know, but but the um, but the dream is always going to vote for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Royce need to say amen, sister, on that. That that is such a a true thread in all if in my projection in all dreams and in this dream, how to live out my true authentic self, not necessarily happy self, not necessarily. Uh, what the world calls success self, my real soul self, my authentic self. And again, uh, in my projection, the dream is calling me to pay attention to what my soul wants, how my soul is, in a sense, demanding. Okay, so then at the end, I have this semi-waking life image of the goddess Bridget. And for me, that is like, aha, my uh, authentic self shows up in this projection about this goddess who is, in a sense, my deepest part of who I am. Viviana, I see that hand. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry. I'm I was just well trained in school. So. Mm-hmm. I was well trained in seminary to see that hand. So <laughs> I see that hand. I, I I just have um oh see I lose it and see I think of something and then I lose it. Anyway, I had two points. I can remember one. I uh, just wanted to touch on the fact that the three locations were came up in my dream born cape cod and boston and if it were my dream uh, look these locations could represent maybe different aspects of my life may or different stages of my journey of my path Uh, cape cod could symbolize symbolize my past or a place of comfort and boston could represent I don't know, new opportunities or challenges and born split by the Cape Cod Canal might suggest like a transitional phrase or a decision point. How how does that resonate? And there was something else too. And I'm going to see if I can. Oh, yes. I thought of something else too. Mm -hmm. Does that resonate for you at all? It does. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. That there's a lot there. Yeah. The, the other, uh, I just thought 60 and in numerology, often we end up adding all the numbers together. And in this case, it would represent six and mm-hmm. six in the Tarot language is the lovers. And that's <laughs> two. And then I am Gemini, the dreamer as the dreamer, I'm a Gemini dreamer, which is also two. So there's just mm-hmm. that sort of layer of twos in my I don't know, my love of travel and excitement and my need and other love of, I don't know, family responsibility and bringing it all together. Again, because of Brigid at the end, she is the key, I think. Mm -hmm. And she is the key to embody as, as as the 
way to merge all these aspects and the 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 challenges that are brought in in this dream. Mm. Yeah, cool. So it just it just hit me that the sixty could also because um, I don't know if you're familiar with the I Ching, and there's sixty four hexagrams, and they each you know they're they're represented by different uh, things in that appear in nature. So hexagram 60 happens to be limits and connections in this mm. particular translation. So that mm. might be a place to also uh, look at um, what I, I like Brian Brown Walker's um, translation of the I Ching. He's a man that, uh, from Boulder. And he, I, I think he just makes it so accessible, you know, because it's this ancient Chinese book that's been you know retranslated over and over again but but brian brown walker and um there's another woman that does uh, i forget her the author's name but but it's called the everyday eaching and it's more like talking instead of this ancient references to you know symbolism it it they, they kind of just give give it to you direct so that might be something that might be helpful too so hexagram 60. Well, that invites me to think about for me six. I uh, my um, healing work is with the chumpy stones from Peru, and I, mm -hmm. so there's oh. the there's thirteen of them in the set that my teacher channeled in and called through. Um, this I didn't. This wasn't in my bio. This is my this is my second book. Um, and in this well, get, work, because there's some. Can you hold it up again? And also yes. say it, say the full title, because some people just listen via audio and they won't see the. So the book is called Divine Embodiment: The Art and Practice of Chumpy Illumination. And mm -hmm. my teacher Eleonora Mendelara, I've co-written a couple of books with her, but this was our most recent one. And in this tradition, there, in 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 the Peruvian Andes, there's usually six stones that have been found at Machu Picchu and other sites. Eleonora's work over the last 30 years has really channeled in 12 of them. And then now we're in working with a 13th stone. But the sixth stone is communion, um, which in so many ways is that sort of coming together in that. I mean, it always reminds me of, you know, the, the as a Catholic kid, it always reminds me of the of, of the communion bread, but it's also that sense of sitting around the table with all oh, and yeah. of all that is. And then of course, I'm just realizing too, is that a 60 is that there's five twelves. And that feels sort of significant in that too, in that multiplicity of, of the number 12. So I appreciate, and tarot is really important to me as well. So Viviana, I really appreciate kind of calling in the lovers. Um, and I'm, I'm not really that familiar with the I Ching. So it's just interesting to call in these different things. Yeah. And the zero is the full. So this, so six is the lovers, zero is the fool. So you can split mm -hmm. it apart in that way. If, yeah. So there's so this is why dream work is so multi-layered and multi-dimensional. We could go on and on and on. But does it feel as though this is a good place to pause with your dream? And I, I say pause because you know it never really ends. I mean, I I we will continue to process and work with your dream because yes. it's now become our dream as well. So um, is there anything else you want to look at specifically in your dream? This is sort of just a funny thing that I've realized in the course of our conversation and the fact that the Cape Cod Canal is important for the stream is that there actually were G German U-boats, submarines in the Cape Cod Canal during World mm. War II, which is just interesting. Oh. I hadn't thought of that until um. now. 
um but the dream knew that see the dream, the dream knew that the dream yeah so we had to bring up that again as a possible connection yeah. um yeah i think what i'll keep playing with is the fact that there was even though i don't like this office system was very strange to me and it was but it was really these women who were very they were concerned about community and creating that and mm. i'm really sort of mm -hmm. curious about the ways in which um in the dream, it felt a little bit artificial, but I'm really curious as we're talking about authentic self and all these different ideas about coming into, because I, I don't, I didn't want the job. I didn't want to get stuck into that, but now I'm really feeling invited to sort of play with that more and see what opportunities were there in the sense that I was really, they were, be, I, they were inviting me there. They were creating something for me. Yeah. Um, and that to me in the first, it just felt like I didn't get to go to Ireland. And so I had to go get a job. I felt like a that's sort of the 23 year old's version of that dream um mm -hmm. which is literally true i came home from ireland at age 23 and had to go get a job mm -hmm. at a place i really hated I, that's more obvious now i'm kind of glad i didn't read into it in our original conversation um mm -hmm. but that's something mm -hmm. that's going to keep intriguing me as i keep mm -hmm. playing with it mm -hmm. And, and it's such a beautiful age, you know, when we're 23, we don't even really know what a great age it is until later we go, oh, right, when I was like 23. And it's like this kind of, because I'm in my 60s. <laughs> so it's, so it's really hard for me to go back and go, wow, I, and I, I think of my 23 year old self, and I have to forgive my 23 year old self, because I used to think I knew a lot more than I did. <laughs> but, but I wanted to make sure that everybody knew I was you know, I could, I could stand up for, for what I believed in. So mm -hmm. there, there's a, there's yeah. a wonderful, um, vi vitality that, that we have in our twenties that I think, uh, mm -hmm. take for granted. Youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what we like to say. Anyway, they, well, thank you so much for sharing your dream. It's what a brilliant dream. Thank you. Well, thank you all so much for holding it. I, I want to mention a couple things to all of us as listeners. This is one beautiful reason that group, I, I wanted to say uh, committee instead of community. So <laughs> I, I, I think that, so I'm going to play with that. Uh, commit, uh, dream work by committee can be very inefficient. <laughs> and yet so beautiful and inviting. And so we have missed a lot of aspects of this beautiful dream. And I have a hunch, the listeners, in fact, I had a listener tell me the other day, Royce, when you were projecting or we were working on somebody else, that you missed this big important part. And I thought, well, that's your projection. And I, you know, mm -hmm. that is, true we did miss that big important part that this other person had and couldn't share because they were not a part of the program so this dream is rich and full and as billy said we will keep working on this because now this dream is our dream and thank you for this gift i i also want to lift up uh where the dream ends is is one of the great gifts of the dream world mm -hmm. uh, and 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 so when i dream of goddess at the very end i have this uh uh kind of bolt of energy of seeing my authentic self 
uh, come into fruition. And I'm grateful for that aspect of the dream as I am all aspects of the dream. I Googled because I didn't know who Brigid was. And you look just like her. Mm-hmm. You are Brigid. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she and I have been in conversation for, I'll, I'll say, lifetimes. Um, mm-hmm. And I just want to say I appreciate landing there because I just realized in the dream, of course, I got to Ireland. The first version that when I read it, I'm like, I got an office job. I got to Ireland in the most in the most authentic, truest, most cosmic way. So I appreciate you just sort of naming her again. Um, and that's actually been her role in my life is sometimes she's so, I don't want to say I embody her because I'm pressing about whether we embody deities. There's a lot to that, but she's mm-hmm. so close that I, I can't see her because I see everything through her. So I just really appreciate you all giving me another chance to see kind of the fullness and the all of her presence mm-hmm. in my life it's pretty pretty mm-hmm. darn everywhere so thank mm-hmm. you beautiful uh, marisa can you share with us if somebody wants to get in touch with you to do book work or your storyteller or your podcast if you could just give all yeah. your points of contact again for us sure I've, I've got a lot so if you've got marisa gowdy Somewhere in Google, you will find me, but my main website is marisagowdy.com. That's at marisagowdy on Instagram. Um, The podcast lives at notworkstorytelling.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. I've taken my, as in K-N-O-T, as in Celtic not work. The pun is great because it's supposed to be not work because I am somebody who tends to over push myself, but K-N-O-T, work, storytelling. Um, And... um, I specifically moved my writing coaching work to its own website to writingcoachmarisa.com because I've created such a beautiful Celtic sprawl that sometimes people think that they have to, you know, speak Irish to work with me. And no, in fact, I will work with visionaries and healers and therapists and coaches and dreamers of all, of all kinds. Um, and yeah, so thank you so much for this opportunity, everyone. I'm so grateful. Thank you for pleasure. It was wonderful to hear your, your dream. I just, I loved it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Billy Ortiz, where can one get in touch with you and what's going on in your world? And my website is wake up to your dreams.com. Um, I'm currently, I have re- revitalized the in-person retreats. Um, and I don't know when this is going to be published, but there's another one coming up early October, but always check out the website. I usually do one in the spring and one in the fall. Um, there's a, also, I, I, I help train people to do dream work. Um, I'll have another round of that starting at the beginning of uh, next year. And I also have um, Zoom groups that meet, uh, one that meets in the afternoons and one that meets in the evenings. And all of that information is up on the website if you check out the calendar. And I also do private sessions as well. So wakeuptoyourdreams.com. Awesome. And Dr. Royce Fitz. Mm-hmm. Royce. Can get in, get thank, in touch with yeah, you. Thank, yeah, thank you. Sorry to interrupt as you were trying to be appropriate there. Um, RoyceFitz.com. Uh, I'm spiritual counselor and, uh, and dream worker. And 
I invite you to explore with me open-hearted soul-searching and the word authenticity is central and core to my being as I invite uh, potential clients to explore their authenticity. And October 25th, my book is released, a Zoom launch. Yay. <laughs> and and you got to will... hold it up like the, 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 the yeah. digital version yeah. of it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's my book coach and editor right next to me, at least on my screen, cheering me on. Um, and everybody could, we have a lot of room. My publisher, Thea from Flint Hills uh, Publishing Company, has created this amazing Zoom launch where at least 500 people can join. And, you know, let's let's break the bandwidth on that on uh, October 25th, which is a Wednesday and will be 8 p.m. Central Time. So you mathematicians figure out where you are and please join all of us uh, on, on that. It's a very gratifying moment, uh, I think, for all of us, for dreamers and soul, soul searchers. And for the audio listeners, give the title again so that the, yes thank you the geography of the soul dreams reality and the journey of a lifetime All right. what if you took a, a hike a <laughs> so what does it say what oh, if you took God. a hike hike a saunter a surveyed across an ancient land and it changed your life comma forever yes Amen. Amen <laughs> again, sister. Life-changing stuff. Okay. That's right. who I am. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you. Well, uh, if you, the dreamer, have a dream for us, our, we have a hotline. The number is 720-573-9195. Uh, we are, oh, I am Viviana Guzman. My website is dot. A-N-A.org. I'm a musician mm -hmm. by day and a tarot astrology sound healer dream worker by night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that uh, specifically lives on viviana.org backslash magic. Mm -hmm. So thank you for joining us. Please right. remember to share, like, and spread the word. Share your dreams with us. We'd love to hear from you. Again, the number is 720-573-9195. Sharing the language of stories, symbols, metaphors, and archetypes. Thank you, Marisa Gaudi, for, for joining us this episode. It was wonderful to hear your dream. And until next time, happy dreaming. <laughs>